Welcome to the Reaching Forward podcast. We're in Ephesians chapter 1, and the title is a question, Got Power? Got Power. You know, school's about to start again in Florida, and my teachers, when I was a kid, told me I really wouldn't amount to much. And I said, why? They said, well, because as a student, you always procrastinate. And I put my hands on my hips, and I said, oh yeah, you just wait. We're glad that you're here with us. We want to look at Ephesians chapter 1 and begin in verse 3. And we want to deal with power. Uh, Do you drink soda? Now, if so, have you ever gotten a fountain drink with just the right mix? The right mix of syrup, carbonation, and water. It's just pure bliss when you pull on that first drink on your straw, right? So too, Ephesians has a good mix. There are six chapters in the book of Ephesians. The first three deal with teaching or doctrine, and it tells about the power of God. And then the last three, chapters four to six, we deal with how we walk, the practical in the power of God. We got the right order, right? You learn first. And then you take the test, you walk. And it's the right ratio. It's about 50-50. And isn't that the way that it should be in life? We should not just seek to only learn or to only work for God, but we should seek to do both. We should seek to keep learning, keep reading, keep praying, keep growing, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, both now and and forevermore. So we want to look at learning and growing, but in chapter 1, so there are three themes, basically, and there was a wonderful book, if you've ever read it, by a a Chinese Christian named Watchman Nee called Sit, Walk, Stand. And so in chapters 1, 2, and 3, which deal with the doctrinal or the teaching part of the power of God, our key word is to sit. It's in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. And then from verses, or chapters 4, 5, and 6, the test, the practical, the walk side of the power of God. We have two words. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, that's walk, our walk in this world. And Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 11, which is our stand, our attitude that we take toward the enemy and for the gospel. So let's look at the first the first three chapters in this Bible study, chapter 1, and we're going to deal with the teaching or the doctrine of sitting in Christ, receiving our position in God. And let's look at verse 3 right away. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. The intro was last week. It should be on the podcast. Go find it and check that out if you haven't yet. Verse 3, I'm blessed. Verse 3, I'm blessed. Isn't it interesting, in Luke chapter 15, there's two sons. There's the prodigal son and then the elder son. And in Luke chapter 15, the prodigal son, or that wasteful son, he comes back and and, uh, the father puts shoes on his feet and a robe on him and a ring on his finger and then prepares a sacrifice for him, uh, a feast for him with the fatted calf. And they eat and drink and they're merry. He just receives, right? And his elder brother, the firstborn, he doesn't even want to come into the feast. And he comes and asks the father, he said, Man, I've served you all these years and you didn't do anything for me. 
And the father said, I'm ever with thee. He said, basically, why didn't you ask? You see, some people are so busy on what they do for God. And, and that's, it's important to a point. But the prodigal son illustrated something. Initially in God, what we need to do is receive Christ. We need to receive. We can't give anything to God until Jesus comes into our life. He said in verse 3, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, I'm blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Those spiritual blessings on the inside, that spirit is what has fellowship with God. The man's made up of body, soul, and spirit. The body is obvious, right? The soul is the center of who you are. And that spirit is that power cord that fellowships with God. God gives us our spiritual blessings. He makes us strong on the inside. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know one of the first things people ask you is what's your name? Who are you? And we should be ready to say who we are in Jesus Christ. What's the next thing people usually ask you? What do you do? What if you're unemployed during this COVID-19? Are you nothing? Why don't you tell them? I make decisions. God gave me a purpose in life. I'm not defined by my job, but I'm defined by my creator. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I made a decision for Jesus Christ. Verse 4 and verse 5. Got power? I'm chosen. According as he hath chosen us in him. You ever gotten picked first for a team? Well, God picks you. In him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. In verse 6, I'm adopted. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. You know that you can be adopted as a child? We all realize that, right? I have a relative who's adopted. Well, do you know that you can be adopted as an adult? Maybe you didn't know that. I, have a, I also have a relative, a different relative, who was adopted as an adult. And they were very excited about it. Well, in a certain sense, as a Christian, I was also adopted spiritually as an adult as well. God adopts an adult. If you're an adult, let me tell you, there's good news. God adopts adults. If you're a bouncing baby boy of 55 years old, God wants to adopt you just like you are. Don't bring anything to the table, just you. And God will take you. In verse 7, here's what he'll do. In verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, not through baptism or church attendance, but through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He washed us from our own sins. The book of Revelation says, in his own blood. Some people, they kind of stay up and try to work that out, don't they? But the cross is not a big to-do. It's a big done. Some, like that guy said, I stayed up all night trying to find out where the sun was. And then it dawned on me. You see, in those seven days of Genesis, God's seventh day was rest. 
But you see, man was created on the sixth day. So man's first full day was a day of rest. We were really created to enter in to the rest of God. That is why God created man. He had done the work. He prepared the table we're to enter in. Jesus was crucified 2,000 years ago. We need forgiveness to receive, not give, but just to have faith in Christ and receive what he's accomplished for us. When he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. It's ready for you to receive him. Verses 8 to 10, got power. I am given wisdom. Man, thank God. God hands out wisdom. God hands out wisdom. If you didn't get accepted to Harvard, there's hope for you and me. God hands out wisdom, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath proposed, purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Christians do have a real wisdom that the world doesn't know. Ask Siri what the meaning of life is. Ask someone who is well-educated what the meaning of life is. You might not, you might kind of tie them up. I'm talking about someone who's the smartest guy you know that's not a Christian. But you see that we know that this life is temporary, but there's an eternity that is to be spent with God. We know how things began. We know how things will end. We know who's in charge. We know who can forgive. We know where we came from. We know who we are. And we know where we're going. Christians have wisdom. And because you know these things, you can have peace with God that passes all understanding because you know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Who are the called according to his purpose. God gives us wisdom. Verse 11 to 12, God power, God made me an heir. An heir, not an A-I-R or an E-A-R, but an H-E-I-R, an heir, someone who receives an inheritance. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Notice Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 said, all things work together for good to them that love God. God has a purpose in his will, and I'm an heir. And God's purpose is that you be conformed under the image of Christ and that Christ would make you an heir of his kingdom. Verse 13 and 14, I'm sealed. Got power? Now a seal isn't something like where something is sealed with soldered clothes with metal. But a seal, uh, one way that things would be sealed is that they would have an insignia. They'd get some hot wax, maybe if it was a piece of paper or something, and fold the two ends of the paper together and put that wax all over it when it was hot and then stamp an insignia into it that would have some seal of a government or maybe even someone's name. And you could break it open with your strength. That wouldn't stop you. Like the seal on the tomb that 
when Christ was crucified, you could have probably broken it open. A little kid could have probably broken it open. But you see, to do that, you would have broken the authority of Rome. And the seal was really a representation of the authority of whoever that seal represented. You see, when a police officer motions you to stop, he cannot or she cannot physically pull on your bumper, unless it's a very strong police officer, and stop your car. But why do you stop? Well, I do. Because that police officer is in authority. In fact, they call the police the authorities. If you don't stop, there could be other police officers that get together and physically stop you and guess what? Give you penalties for not stopping. Well, let me tell you, the seal that we are sealed with, the seal the devil has not the authority to break, the seal of the Spirit of God, the devil, the world cannot pluck us out of the hand of God. We are sealed by the Spirit of God. And the devil and the authorities and the powers of this world cannot pull us out of Christ. If you want to check out what I mean, Revelation chapter 5, and you can read verses 1 to 10, but uh, the Bible said that Jesus had the authority. He was worthy to open the seals. Check it out. Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 to 10. And in verse 13, in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. There is the seal, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. If you buy a house, you put up something called earnest money. And in a big purchase it shows that you are serious have you ever bought a car and they're like well let me just put a thousand dollars down it shows them that you're serious that you're in earnest well we're not in heaven yet but god has sent the holy spirit the mark of the spirit of god the baptism of the holy ghost it is an earnest payment for the coming blessings of jesus christ and it is our possession you know what if you don't have the baptism of the holy ghost that's something you can receive from god and boy contact me on this platform or on another one uh we have a website it's my ntcc or excuse me let me give that to you perhaps at the end of the broadcast tonight but i'd like you to contact us if you have questions you can email them to us well let me just do it right now the email address is www.mynTCC.org forward slash jacksonville f l and give us a call or give us a uh, uh contact us on that medium and we'd like to talk to you about the baptism of the holy ghost Verses 15 to verse 16, the marks of the believer. Once you get power, there's a mark of Christ in a believer. It doesn't take you very long to find out if someone's a Christian. Not from their bumper sticker, which are great, but from what's in their heart. Let's look at them. Verse 15, wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith, there's a mark. In the Lord Jesus, that's the absolute realer, not the big guy upstairs. 
Not the big cheese, but the Lord, Jesus. And the second mark, and love unto all the saints. All the saints, even the ones that are hard to love. Someone said, you can't be an American. Or you can't say you love America and hate Americans. You know, you can't say you're a Christian and hate Christians. The love to all the saints. And I know some folks are hard to love. You know that if we're real, we're one of those people sometimes. We're hard to love and people love us. And verse 16, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Christians are prayers. You know that we need not more prayers, but prayers. People who pray. Take time and pray. And I know that this COVID thing has really destroyed a lot of people's schedules. They are... They are uh, thrown upside down. Let me ask you and, and, and challenge you. Put prayer into your schedule. It'll be a blessing to you. That was free. Verses 17 to 18. Got power? The revelation of Jesus Christ. Verses 17 to 18. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Isn't it interesting, Paul said in Galatians chapter 1 and verses 15 and 16, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me. When you really give your life to Jesus, God opens your eyes to who Jesus is and by extension to who you are in Christ. The Bible begins, you begin to realize in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He reveals you. I don't have to sin every day or I, you know, all of these other things that you hear in the world, everybody does it, but that God made me different because of who Christ is. He revealed it. There was an illustration I read about realizing who you are. And this eight-year-old girl was at Disneyland, and she thinks it was her eighth birthday. And the girl said that, you know, she wanted to take pictures with the Disney princesses, right? Which is what most girls would probably want to do. But she said everyone else wanted to take pictures with this girl's mother. Well, the girl is named Kaya Gerber. Her mother, Cindy Crawford, who was a model in the 90s. She didn't realize who her mother was. On her eighth birthday at Disneyland, she did. But when she realized who her mother was, she also realized who she was. We need to realize who Christ is and who we are because of who Christ is. Verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? I have a daughter, and I call my daughter most of the time. I joke sometimes, but most of the time it's for a reason. But you know that when God calls you, he has a purpose and a reason for it. And when God calls your life for you to give your life to him, God has a greater purpose in your life that you're not going to find. Someone had shared that there's a God-shaped hole in every man and every woman, and it won't be filled. You can try to cram anything else in there. But until you put God in there, 
Nothing else fits. Verse 19, the power of Christ's resurrection. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Got power? To us word who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. God's power comes into us. And when it's one thing, you know when you have something that's yours, that's really yours, let me tell you, it's a Christian, it's, it's a blessing to be a Christian. Something is really not yours. There's a test. If it's really yours, you can give it away, right? If it's really yours, you know that you can give away the power of Jesus. It's yours. And by that, I mean you can, you can have and show people how to hook up with Jesus and be absolutely confident that it works. You can lead people to Christ by getting them to invite Christ into their life. <laughs> it came to pass in 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 9. When they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elijah, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. He said, I want twice as many things as you have. I want twice as much power. Well, you know that uh, Elisha met the conditions of that prayer and Elisha did twice as many miracles as Elijah did. Why? God gave him the power to give that away. It was his possession by faith. It's interesting, even after Elisha died, the Jews wouldn't bury their people in a, in a, in a coffin, but they would wrap them in linen, put them in a tomb as they did Jesus, that would be cut into a rock and the dead would be placed inside. Well, Elisha died and they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land. And it came to pass as these folks were burying a man that they spied these Moabites. So they cast this dead man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. This marked the 33rd miracle of Elisha. To the 16 of Elijah. Twice as many in life and one more after he died. He had power in his resurrection power. In his bones. Isn't that something? That the man had so much faith there was resurrection power in his dead bones. Man, I'd love to live a life like that. To have the resurrection power of Jesus Christ where someone touches your bones. Then they raise from the dead. God gives us Power and its resurrection power. Verse 20, which he wrought in Christ or worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality, power and might and dominion and every name that is named, every name. And I'm not picking on other religions, but you name a name, Christ is far above every name. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. I'm not looking for any other name in eternity but Jesus. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. If you want to check out our website, it's ntccjaxfl or excuse me, our email address. I gave you the website address, which has all of our information on it. But let me give you the email address. ntccjaxfl at 
gmail.com if you have questions. Let's keep reaching forward. Got power. The first three chapters. This is the first chapter of the doctrine or teaching of receiving the power of God. If you haven't received the power of God, quit struggling and say, God, I want to receive you, your power. Give your life to Jesus. To repent of your sin means simply to change your mind. To say, God, I'm going to stop living things my way. Start living things your way. I'm going to receive Jesus Christ into my life. Understand that his blood that he shed on Calvary's cross was enough to pay for my sin. And I'm going to begin to walk with Christ in my life. You can receive this free blessings today. If you do that, man, I'd love to hear about it. Contact us. God bless you is our prayer. You're one of the church folks that we know and we love so much in our local church in Jacksonville. Really in Orange Park, in Orange Park in Jacksonville area. God bless you. We love you. Love to see you in drive-up service. God bless you is our prayer. Keep reaching forward in Christ and for that great purpose in God. Amen.